Hey everyone, welcome back to Love Essie the Podcast. This is episode 35, and this week I'm talking about Guild Hunter Book 4 Archangel's Blade by Nalini Singh. So, if you haven't read the book, that's okay. It's all right, you know, it's new to you. You have a wonderful book ahead of you and I'm gonna talk the first little bit you know without like spoiling things and I'm gonna pause and then when I come back um I'm gonna you know spoil 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 if you have read the book then you're in for a treat you know or in I mean you already were in for a treat because you read the book anyway um Archangel's Blade fourth book And it's the first book in the series where Raphael and Elena are not our two main characters, our main couple, as, you know, we are used to, right? So book one, book two, book three, it's Raphael and Elena. And I think um, Nalini did a really good job of giving us more and more about each of their worlds, and as those worlds combined in each book. Now we get to book four. And all of a sudden, we are with a different character. But a character that I'm sure, if you've read the first three, you were like, but I want to know more about him. And that would be Dimitri. Dimitri, the, you know, thousand-year-old vampire. <clears throat> thousand-year-old vampire. Um, so this is his book. And I... Th- trying to think when i got to this book i was like "Ooh, we get dimitri's story and then i was like oh my holy shit balls what in the world um since i said non-spoiler section what i will say is this book does deal with grief right um being abducted and the the trauma that you have to deal with and work through when you've been taken against your will um so the, it's, it's got some it's got some heavy some heavy 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 subjects um i mean the whole series is you know on the heavier side it's not like sunshine and rainbows and unicorn sparkles um but this the and and each character has got you know a backstory that i think what's cool is that as we get as we meet characters right we're like oh i think they're like this and then as we get to see more of their backstory and eventually you know learn more about them we're like oh wait a minute hold up (laughs) the thoughts that that first impression wasn't wasn't really correct or adequate or you know it just was mm, no so this book so for the i'm trying to think i mean it's second chance because our other main character honor saint nicholas technically in a past life <laughs> her and Dimitri were a thing so I guess 
I would it's not time travel because they don't actually go to the past. This is all from memory. So I don't know. I guess think reincarnation or, you know, uh multiple lives kind of thing. Um so it but it's second chance in a way. Um but not quite. They're also working together. Um and I think what's really cool is Honor is um a guild hunter, right? She's a member of the guild. But unlike Elena, she's not hunter born. So she doesn't have, you know, the crazy sort of bloodhound nose. She's just, you know, like you don't have to be hunter born to be a guilt hunter. You can just be someone who'd wanted to be a part and trains and you can try down Le Vampires. Um so I think it's really cool because through honor we get to see sort of a different um aspect of the guild. Um Ooh, I'm like, how much more can I say that isn't spoiled? I already feel like I've spoiled some of it for you, because, you know, I don't know how much more I can... I mean, really, like I said, it's... We're now with a different couple. Uh, the It's all set in, you know, one sort of location. Because of their past, I you know, in some ways is a second chance. But in other ways, I don't think it is, because the fact that they know each other from their past is not something that is clear and aware is not something that is clear to either one of them and by the time they you know become aware of it we're pretty much at the end of the book so it's a it's not I would say a typical second chance I mean I guess you could say forced proximity because they are working closely together you know as they're trying to find information because they're on a she's on a hunt or whatever but yeah it's it's interesting because I never really think of this book and I'm like oh and then it's got this and then it's got that like I'm like no it's just you know and it's I think I mean it's a really fantastic I think paranormal book in that we get to see a very nuanced and complex look at vampires they're not all bad they're not all good they're not all you know we get the gamut we get to see so much and we are also shown a lot of the motivation the reason for the for why characters do what they do some you're like totally makes sense some you're like you mother what the um so it it's and because the first three books in the series were looking more at like, you know, angels, you know, this mortal, I feel like this book we really sort of start to see what this I guess the the third grouping in the world, which is vampires, what 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 that really means and looks like in this, you know, world. Um and I really I re I did really enjoy that we because like I said this this deals with grief a lot and grief is I think a subject that comes up a lot in the Guilt Hunter series in part because you've got vampires and angels and obviously archangels who can you know obviously live for anywhere from a few hundred years to you know a few thousand years to you know a few thousand you know a few millennia whatever or you know 
Wait, is millennia a thousand years? I should look that up. Anyway, um, so you've got, you know, those characters who can live, obviously, you know, 10 to 100 to a thousand times longer than the normal human lifespan. But then you've got humans, you've got mortals. And what, not what, sorry, grief has to be sort of a constant in a world where you may be a vampire, you may become a vampire, but your partner doesn't. So you will have to see them die. And even if your partner does, is your whole family of vampires? No. So you will lose your parents or you, you know, if if you have kids and then decide to make yourself um, into a vampire, um, then you'll see your children pass on or your neighbor or all of these things, right? Because yes, obviously you might, not obviously, you're going to have, you know, angels that fall in love with humans and, or even if you fall in love with a vampire, I mean, a vampire will live a long time, but duh, I mean, they're not immortal. They're near to immortality, but they are not immortal. Um, and so, and of course, and that's like assuming you just have a regular ass lifespan and there aren't accidents and atrocities that, you know, end up cutting your life short. So I, I think that in this book, we sort of get to see grief and what that looks like for a lot of different characters and how that can motivate someone to live or motivate someone to want to die like all of the different ways that it can show up um the fact that you can live a thousand years and not really have moved past it which also then begs the question do you ever move past the loss of loved ones and that may the obviously the loss of loved ones is also based on like the context of the loss did they get to old age and die in their sleep or were they struck down in the prime of their life were they you know did they suffer a horrible disease and eventually like there are so many different things right like there are so many different ways to die meaning that there are so many different ways to grieve and to deal with the effects of that grief and of course, for humans slash mortals, I mean, they do, you know, they, you know, live to 100. Okay, cool. But like, if you're a vampire, an angel, an archangel, your lifespan is so many more times that. So what does then grief look like when you have that much time? When you have that much time left ahead? Um. So I really, I really... Also, I think what's interesting is up until this point, every time we see Dimitri, he's kind of a douchebag, kind of like he likes, you know, yanking Elena's chain. He's not. He's a character that it, in previous books, you might be like curious about him because he sounds hot, but you might also be like, but are you even worthy of like? anyone or anything like you know what i mean like maybe you're an asshole so you don't get you don't deserve someone you don't deserve no happily ever after and then we meet you know then in this book we start to peel back 
the layers and we start to really understand what makes Dimitri the man that he is when we meet him. And then you're like, hold up. <laughs> um, what? You've gone through what and lived through what and seen what? What? So knowing everything he's had to go through, you get to a point um i definitely remember getting to a point in the book where i was like oh he needs he needs to be loved he needs to be loved because it's been almost his entire vampiric life where love has not existed not romantic love do i believe that there is bonds of love and trust between Raphael and his seven most definitely these are men who would die for each other right that is not just like you know because we're such like you know that is that is you know love but that is friendship that is not the same as you know a romantic partner it's different it's not bad it's just different and so once you start to read more and are you're shown more of like who dimitri is and why he's like he is you're like oh Please give him happily ever after. Poor favor. He needs it. He deserves it. Please. And honor. What I thought was also really interesting is that Elena, you know, is a very strong-willed hunter, born guilt hunter. And we're like, whoa, and everything she's going through. And we've, like, you know, briefly met some of the, you know, other hunters. But in honor, I feel like we get to see um, someone. Like, I think it's real. like, she, I don't know how to, because it's not like she's not strong. She is, and she's great at fighting, and she survives something that, you know, would destroy so many others but she's different from elena in some ways but then also similar i don't know i just remember being like oh i really and these two felt like like they made sense together like i didn't go through the book and get to the end i'm like oh really her with him i was just like oh my god yes thank you i couldn't have done a better job no one can what um so yeah i really i mean in case you weren't sure i really enjoyed the book again you know biased because i literally am a stan um so you might be like oh esther oh i don't know but like listen you just don't know you know and you're gonna be looking at me like okay weirdo but no if you haven't read it yet uh you should if you have read it awesome you know exciting i hope you keep reading um and listening to my thoughts on the on the series yeah all right i think that's all i can say without spoiling i some of you might be like bitch you actually spoiled some of it i'll be like my bad so sorry um so i'm gonna pause here and then when i come back i mean obviously i'm gonna be spoiling things duh 
All right, I'm back. It's spoiler time. Um, in, in case, I don't know, you skipped through the spoiler-free section, which, I mean, if you did, that's fine. I don't mind. Um, I'm talking about Archangel's Blade, uh, Book 4, Dimitri, and Honor St. Nicholas. So, Dimitri is a thousand-year-old vampire. Honor is a guild hunter. Not hunter-born, meaning she doesn't use scent to track vampires. Right? She probably just tracks them um through other means you know people citing them tips you know tracking whatever and when we meet her right she also like is sort of specializes in like ancient texts antiquities like she has like like she is obviously obviously hunting down vampires but it's not just like you know your regular regular ones like i feel like it's vampires who are doing you know other things so one of the things that um really stands out for me especially as i reread was the fact that in each of the books so far in the series um we've gotten to see a different part of this world Right, in the first three books, right, or with Raphael and Elena. And in each of those books, we get to see a little bit more of Elena's world, a little bit more of Raphael's world, and a little bit more of the world that they are creating with like together, right? Um, because as two people come together, they have to, you know, work to integrate or bring together their separate worlds which includes family members friends you know interests all those things it's like you need to then sort of bring that and meld it together um as you go forward as a unit as opposed to two individual people so in book four dimitri is a vampire honors a human hunter so we don't we now get to see more of what the world looks like from the viewpoint of a vampire and obviously not a regular regular vampire but the vampire who is you know second in command to Raphael, an archangel could lead and hold a territory of his own if he wished to has been around for a thousand years and is you know you can't say he's the power behind the throne because Raphael. that's not possible but he's not you know just like i sit here and no like the, we're talking about an absolutely powerful vampire leader essentially and so by by being by seeing you know the world from the viewpoint of him we're seeing more of how vampires interact with each other what that means what it because up until this point we've seen them but in relation to angels and archangels and in some ways humans because we've been seeing vampires in relation in their relationship or relation to Raphael, elena and all that in this book we do see Raphael and elena right they do show up but the focus isn't them so the focus of course isn't on what's happening with angels it's all what's happening with vampires honor is a human and so but what i think is really interesting is we are not really seeing like the human world right it's 
but we're seeing a different look into hunters because so far we've seen elena we've met ashmini we've met ransom we've met vivek uh we've met sarah um and so honor is just like another piece of that hunter puzzle so we're starting to be like we're realizing oh or as a reader you're realizing oh so hunters don't just have to be hunter born you know they've got vivek is paralyzed from the neck down like he's a quadriplegic and yet you know he is absolutely vital to the guild um so we're seeing you know the the layers and the i was gonna say multitudes but that's not the word i mean anyway can't think of the word i i'm like i have the feeling of the word but i can't think of the word so but yeah we're getting um this this bigger picture of what um hunters look like can be all of that um and so the other really interesting thing about this book is that honor is a reincarnation or she is the current version we don't know obviously because the book isn't going into that um of Ingrid and Ingrid was Dimitri's wife before he was made now I feel like in earlier books it's alluded that like Dimitri didn't like want to be like he became a vampire but it wasn't like I was so excited to be a vampire I couldn't wait nah it's that I feel like it's always that hint and in this book we we um are shown you know that that's yeah we were right that that wasn't the case and I think one of the things that I am fascinated by in this book is how honor comes into Dimitri's life um she's not like some young some young woman she she didn't just join the guild right and she joined new york's guild from what i know um but she didn't just join but the time and place where they meet i wonder if so since we're in the spoiler section uh i can say this honor gets kidnapped by vampires and then you know is held for two months and they basically torture her. it's awful it's gross they're terrible people and you know they get what's coming to them but one of my first thoughts is had honor met dimitri before this dimitri i don't know that he would have let himself not be as much of a bastard if that makes sense because i feel like he meets her and is like she's really hot i really you know want to get with her kind of thing but she's also literally like terrified to be around vampires because of what happened so he knows that he needs to sort of temper his like his normal self so as not to send her screaming and at first it's like i just need her to help me you know figure out what the tattoo on this guy's face is and also she's hot and would like to bang her but as time goes on 
And he sees her, you know, confronting her fear and overcoming her, like, literal terror of vampires. And, you know, standing firm against him, even though she's human and he's a thousand-year-old vampire who could, like, snap her like a goddamn twig. He is then, like... I feel like all of that leads, allows for, I guess, the space for him to realize that she is an incredible person. And I don't know that if he had met her before she had gone through what she went through, that he would have had the compassion or patience or whatever. He might have just been like, go and screw your brains out and then tell you to get the fuck out of my house. So th- that that was something that I I wondered but I was like and I think what's another thing that um really also from this book this book again is showing us how you know two people falling in love changes not changes them but changes the the relationship or the way they view their relationships with others. And it it doesn't have to be a bold, you know, but there is a change in the way that you then interact with the other people who were in your life previous to you finding this person. Um, So I say that because I don't know if it was book two or book three, where I think it's at the beginning of book, to where Raphael sort of makes a comment yes because Sarah is at the refuge which is where all angels like it's an angel like no one who's not an angel has ever been there but because Raphael loved loves Elena so much and knows that Elena needs you know that tie to her you know her mortal life because of everything she's going through they you know basically smuggle her in and he basically makes a kind of comment of like you know we're like she's changing i don't know if it's him or demeter is like she's changing things and it's kind of like yeah you know because those are the kinds of things that you wouldn't do on your own but for your partner for that person who you hope to walk through the rest of your life with you will be like you know what if this is something that they need to be okay, I'm going to do it. And we get to this book, right? And of course, Dimitri is like not looking for love or any of that. And it, of course, shows up. And by the end of the book, it's like they have changed us. And I think it's because both men in this case are willing to be more open to things and situations that previous to their partners would have been like a hard line a hell no wouldn't just wouldn't have been on the horizon for them but having these women in their lives all of a sudden it's like the whole point is for our women to be happy and if we have to change how we do this or that to 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 achieve that that's okay like those are compromises they're willing to make now i think the other thing that's um sort of jumping topics 
As I'd mentioned, right, Honor is sort of the current version of Ingrid. And Dimitri and Ingrid's story in their lifetime, right, essentially a thousand years ago, is such a lovely story in that they were neighbors. And at one point, Dimitri realizes that he is, you know, she stops being the little girl next door and becomes like a woman he wants to like marry and build a life with and he picks wildflowers for her at dawn and builds a home for her and is a man deeply in love with his wife and in this time you know there's an angel who refuses to understand that a mortal man wouldn't want her and she is the cat she isis is the reason that you know ingrid and dimitri's lives are literally destroyed and it's horrifying i mean i cannot fathom what it would do to a person to know that the reason why your wife and two kids die is because someone coveted you so much they were willing to kill them to have you Right, because they were so twisted that it never occurred to them that you would never want them, even if and especially if you murdered their whole family. Um, so hello? Um that's like, ew, Isis, uh, bitch is dead, you know, like she dead dead. Which I'm like, thank God, because oof. But it it Ingrid and Dimitri, it's like had they lived the regular mortal lives, would not be a story right their mortal lives would have been a, literally you know a firefly flicker in time and that would have been the end of it but because isis completely changes the trajectory of their story because she makes dimitri against his will because she you know and the, the really intri- like when we're meeting Raphael, when we meet Raphael, right he's an archangel he is literal power but when dimitri met Raphael a thousand motherfucking years ago i'm gonna keep harping on that sorry um he was just a regular angel probably really hot and isis was like "Ooh, you insulted me so i'm gonna you know also kidnap you and of course this is a different time like no one's like oh kidnapping charges and the police came and broke down the door like no girl that no 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 that's that doesn't happen and so this is where these two men meet one has been made a vampire one is an angel both are being held by a sadistic stupid fucking psycho bitch and eventually are able to kill her um and i believe it takes Raphael a year to um break down like rip off the chain from the wall that he's like manacled to and then of course him and you know dimitri do their best to get rid of crazy psycho isis and so honor right current day honor is a woman who is an brought up in the foster care system has no family has no brothers has no sisters no aunts uncles no one she is a woman who became a member of the guild 
and so once once I got to the end my first thought was like does she become a member of the guild because deep in you know the memories of who she was when she was Ingrid she wonders if her husband was turned into a vampire by being a member of the guild she might have access um honor mentions that the first from the moment she first like saw pictures of Dimitri she was fascinated by him has no idea why um she actually has pictures of the the spot in you know it's somewhere near Russia we're told uh of where her Ingrid and the children Katerina and Misha um are buried where Dimitri buried them um because she was like apparently like hunting a vampire in Europe and then was compelled was drawn to that spot and had to take pictures and of course his honor has no idea why what I think is really interesting is that it's towards the end of the book she starts as she's interacting more with Dimitri she's having flashes of what she doesn't realize memory at first I think she's thinking it's nightmares but then it's starting to get detailed um and eventually she has the breakthrough once they have sort of commit is it before they say i love you to each other or after i think it's both i think they've said i love you and then i think she um has sort of the, the whatever is separating herself from ingrid and and ingrid's memories that goes away and she realizes and I thought that was really interesting in that if someone was like, oh, this book is about a woman who, you know, was murdered a thousand years ago and now she's a new present day body and then she finds her vampire husband. I would have been like, mm, I don't know about that. But reading it is so fascinating because it, going back to grief, right? Demetria has had a thousand years to live with the knowledge of what happened to his wife and children and Dimitri has never let anyone else in he has you know definitely you know fucked bitches up and you know he 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 been a hoe but he has never allowed himself to come even close to an emotional attachment to any woman at all it's straight been like, wham, bam, thank you. Nah. And, you know, and, and telling people, like, I had sex with you once and I don't really ever want to see you again. So, bye. And when, and then a, a, along comes Honor and slash Ingrid. And what is it? Because we talk as humans all the time about how, you know, time heals all wounds this man has lived a thousand years the wounds have not healed the wounds are there so the question becomes does time heal all wounds or is it that the passage of time allows for wounds to not be the you know vicious gut-wrenching pain that they are at first all the time 
that that vicious sort of gut punch only comes once in a while as opposed to being a daily constant right because and I mean in the way that he lost his family again they didn't grow old and die in their sleep they were tortured and murdered because some psycho bitch was like you should have wanted to have sex with me. And I'm mad that you didn't. So now I'm going to kill your wife and kill your kids. Oh, and actually, she doesn't kill his son. She tries to make him into a vampire. Because she's a terrible, 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 terrible individual. Who is dead. Thank God. I feel like the bitch should have been tortured some more. Um, And so... What I also do think is really interesting is that both Honor and Dimitri have both current and past, you know, moments of being, well, Dimitri never died, so his memories are just always there. In Honor's case, there is, you know, the torture and everything that happened as she was Ingrid, and then what happened to her in present day as Honor with vampires, and... I don't want to be like, oh, it's two damaged people coming together. But I do think that that having that because both of them have experienced that um, complete and utter uh, loss of, of, of control and agency of literally not being able to choose anything that they can understand each other and understand each other's thought processes because you know it's not like i'm heavily baggaged and he's not or vice versa no they both have trauma and pain that makes them who they are today um and it because i got to the end of the book and i one of my one of my thoughts was we don't really see anything about, you know, the current situation with the angels. We know it's happening, but similar to how, like, when you're living your regular daily life, there can be really crazy things happening in the background, but you still got to do your everyday thing. You know, you go to work, you go home, you fall in love, you fall out of love, people cheat, people don't cheat, you know, crazy shit happens. And yes, the backdrop of the world is that crazy shit is happening. But in the meantime, like, you got to deal with your shit. You don't just, like, sit there and watch what's happening and, like, that's it. And so I thought that that was... I like that that is what happens in this book in that we get to sort of see, well, what's, like, life... life what is life like every day for, you know a regular hunter who's not, you know, chasing chasing some vampire for for Raphael. What's like life for what is life like, wow, for Dimitri who's just, you know, out here doing his thing, leading all these vampires and making sure that none of them, you know, cross the lines. And I really enjoyed that. And I think by doing that we are being shown right that like 
obviously what's happening with Raphael and Elena is important, but there is so much more to, you know, the world slash life than that. And we get to see it. And within that, we get to do a very different kind of story because the other couple, you know, a mortal, an archangel, they're both coming together again the power dynamics are crazy whatever whatever and honor and demetrius case of course there is the difference in power right he's a vampire she's a human but because of their shared past um honor has honor has a different connection I guess to Dimitri and I guess I see it in the sense that like they get to now pick up where their life together was you know brutally ended they now get to sort of do a redo also you know like a second chance yeah you know I'm I'm gonna run with it I'm gonna say that this is like second chance you might be like but is it though second chance with a twist okay that's 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 what we gonna you know we also get to see um, the way the other thing that I thought thought was really sort of cool is like like I said in the first three books Dimitri kind of seems like not kind of like douche canoe douchebag whatever but the way he interacts with Holly who changes her name to Sorrow and what that shows us right his capacity for care and wanting um to sort of take charge or be a parent which when you are first meeting Dimitri you wouldn't even consider Dimitrian parenting or Dimitrian being like a father figure in the what like you know but in this and it's not that uh, like sorrow isn't like a child she's in her early 20s but again of course to Dimitri like (laughs) he literally is like you are a literal baby uh in comparison to him um but I also once him and because honor also meets sorrow and also feels like the need to sort of be like let me guide you and I'm like they get to be they get to do parenting again it's different it's not the child, you know, it's not their children. It can never be their children. Um, although she did say to Dimitri that, like, if she got to come back, doesn't it make sense that at some point both their son and daughter also got to live a new life? Um, which then opens up the question, like, oh, is that something that just happens? Or, like, what, how does that work? Um, but I really liked that we get to see this sort of foster father figure-ish feel to Dimitri you know that feeling of being responsible for someone younger weaker etc but not in a like clinical and detached way but in a very much like this person you know matters and I want them to make it because they matter um I thought that was really really cool and we will see that being played out in future books 
especially since homegirl sorrow gets her own book um i thought it was interesting that we um we get to see a little we get to see a decent amount of venom i feel like we get to see sorrow and ashween and all of these characters are you know in books in later books and so in this book i feel like they were getting a little bit more about them so they're not just a name on a page we're like oh i know i know a few details about venom i know a few details about sorrow and i know a few details about ashwini which is all sort of building i feel like to when we get to their books um which like love um and i think it's cool to see that because when you first read it you're probably i mean i think like when i first read it i was like oh i hope venom gets a book because you know, like, he sounds really cool, um, and I was definitely very curious about Ashwini, because I was like, ooh, what is, what, I, I need more, I want to know more, um, and so, yeah, this book, I, I think is really, I think it's really well done, because, like, it's such a pivot from the first three, but it sucks you in just as much, because it's showing you parts of this world that we haven't yet seen so you really get to see it because it's the point of view of these other characters and I feel like I remember seeing an interview where Nalini sort of mentioned that like that is how she sort of builds worlds like and shows you parts of the world it's based on the characters so if these characters inhabit this part of the world then that's part of the world you're seeing if these other characters have it inhabit a different part of the world then you're going to see that different part of the world and i that i think is a really cool concept because could we have gotten the same feel of what vampires do and don't do if it was coming from Raphael, that's different. Raphael is, you know, not working with them directly in the same way that Dimitri is. Um, and if we only ever saw the guild through Elena's eyes, I feel like we might assume that everyone is a hunter born or that everyone is exactly like her. And it's like, actually, no, the guild is made up of so many different hunters and so many different ways of hunting so i really i mean like i said i'm a sand so you know that i'm always gonna be like oh my god i loved it it was so good um and i really think that i don't know that i would enjoy the man falling in love with his reincarnated wife storyline from someone else but in this case it's like yes this is fantastic this is wonderful and i also like that it doesn't turn into she tells dimitri and dimitri refuses to believe her and they spend years before no dimitri is like yeah this he and maybe it's because he's lived so long that it's not a strange or great he's like all right yeah maybe this is exactly what happened and it's not like, oh, this can't be. Instead, it's like, how lucky am I that I get the second chance? That being said, girl, you can't, you can't go far. Like, 
I'm so sorry, but I'm gonna need you to be real, real close. And he asks, like, do you want to be made into a vampire? And he mentions that, like, if not mentions it out loud, but he, his thought is, like, as he's asking her, is that if she says no, like, he will, you know, go with her into you know the night when it is her time as a mortal because he will he wouldn't survive losing her a second time and so she's like oh i can't do that hundred year contract nonsense though and he's like you don't have to right which i mean that's one of the benefits of falling for a guy who is second in command to an archangel you don't have to do a a a hundred year contract as a vampire and she's not gonna be some weirdo and if elena can be an angel and still guild hunter then like homegirl can be a vampire and still hunt other vampires who run away from their contracts that's that's on them for being dumb um so i i i really and so oh sorry she makes a decision of course to to become a vampire because she's like we i want us to have our chance and i think that that is so it's such a beautiful idea and concept right that two people who were so deeply in love and were torn apart by you know the brutality of life like literal brutality of life get a second chance to live a life full of joy doesn't mean that there aren't going to be hardships doesn't mean that there aren't going to be difficulties doesn't mean that life isn't going to throw curveballs their way but they get to do it again and i that to me i was like oh okay yes side yes i like this yes because it's a paranormal you can do that right course in a contemporary we'd all be like excuse me why did the fuck but in a paranormal of course he can be a thousand year old vampire and she's a reincarnation why not why not why not um but yeah wonderful book love it um and i'm excited for future glimpses of Dimitri and Honor because they're just so cute together and cute in the sense you're probably like cute together and I'm like yeah cute in the sense that like they're just such like it makes sense and I mean Dimitri's so like you know and he he also is very much like do not think that I'm some like wonder like I can't ever be the man I was a thousand years ago because I have had to go through what I went through and then lived a thousand years through war and upheaval and turmoil and change always 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 change so no I cannot be the man who got you wildflowers from the mountainside at dawn and Honor's kind of like, that's fine. I need you to be the man that you are today. Just like, I need you to accept and love the woman that I am today. I was Ingrid, and I have all of Ingrid's memories. But I'm also Honor, and I'm a guilt hunter, and I can fight. So, don't get it twisted. Me gonna show up with my guns, and, you know, 
we don't want to hear nothing. So, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, and it just got me excited because I feel like in this book we see more of Ilium. We don't really see anything. We know that, is it Aldon? That's what I'm calling him. Aldon is coming to New York, but he hasn't shown up yet. And um, we know that something is on the horizon. Oh, we see, we see instances of Jason. And Jason, I think, is a really interesting character because he is mentioned, but he is so... The way he's spoken of, like, you know, he can stand in the shadows and he is very, very, very hidden. And I feel like as a reader, every time Jason pops up, I'm like, oh, right, Jason. Like, I feel like she did such a good job of letting us know that Jason is someone who literally is able to sort of just slink into the shadows and be forgotten, which is what makes him such a fantastic spy. And then I think to myself, yeah, I also forget about him as a character. And yet he is, you know, one of Raphael's seven. So he's not just like, he's very good at what he does. So it's like, hmm, interesting. Very, very interesting. So, yeah, um, you know, basically big Guild Hunter fan. I'm very excited for Archangel Sun, which, in case you weren't sure and haven't written it down on your calendar, comes out November 24th, 2020. So right before Thanksgiving in the U.S. of A. Um, so you can, you know, get that book. And if life is busy, hopefully read it during Thanksgiving. I believe this year Target and Walmart and them aren't are actually not gonna open on Thanksgiving Day. They're actually gonna, you know, not do that. And I was like, finally, finally, thank God, because that's some bullshit. But yeah, can't wait for Archangel Sun. Um, And I'm just loving rereading this series because I feel like there's a lot that you can miss in the first read through and like you can see at least for me I feel like I'm seeing more themes and more patterns the second time around um but yeah I don't think I have any more thoughts about Archangel's Blade um like I said I really enjoyed it you should read it if you haven't if you have well I hope you enjoyed it too um mm, yeah that's pretty much it I mean, stay safe out there. I know things weather-wise are a little bit weird all over the place. There's forest fires and there was a thing called a derecho, which at first I was like, is someone just talking about going straight or making right in Spanish for no good reason? But no, it was a horrible, horrible storm that devastated Iowa. Um... And so if you see, you know, fundraisers for that, definitely share or donate. Um, But yeah, there's there's that. There's the forest fires. There's supposed to be two like tropical storms slash hurricanes hitting the Gulf Coast at the same time. And I think this coming week, like 
mother nature is like i'm just throwing everything at y'all hope you like it heat waves it's just it's a lot it's a lot so you know do your best Ooh, someone outside felt like honking do your best to drink water stay safe um eat eat good food because you know we all unlike the characters in this lovely series we only live once so we might as well enjoy it while we can right right um yeah i think yeah that's pretty much it i will see you guys next week i don't know what book i'll be talking about yet um and if you're like oh but what's the next book in the guild hunter series that's archangel storm archangel storm um and i feel like that'll probably be the week after next um but for next week i don't know i think i'm gonna surprise you guys with with something i mean obviously i'll surprise you with something because i'm not telling you now (laughs) all right um thank you again so much for listening oh if you can rate or review wherever you listen that would be dope that would be awesome uh again i'm on twitter at at molesi and i'm on instagram at at semv um definitely you know chat with me um because you know why not i love talking about romance always like um so if you have questions about the genre about the books or i'm bad at recommendations but i can point you to people who are awesome at recommendations so you can ask me and then i will point you in the direction of the people who will like blow your mind and possibly you know make your tbr explode but like it's okay it's okay you know one can never have enough books all right everyone take care see you next time